Hey. <laughs> I know it's not actually my turn, but I want to say one more thing. I love that you have to do that to get it in the fucking. I'm, 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 I brought up one thing. I brought up one thing about the eggs. Have you ever had 40 eggs? Uh, I want to date nobody that hasn't had 40 eggs. It makes you hallucinate. Michael's making food, and he's making comedy too. Thaddeus J. McKee is co-hosting with the guy I mentioned previously. Sauce Boss Zach's on the one, the two, so good he calls them twos and threes. And as always, there's a guest who be sure to please on Heart of Brunch. Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me, as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Slappy, happy, wamp, wamp. On the ones, the twos, the wheels of steel. The Sauce Boss of Indianapolis and the last Woke Dragon. Give it up for Sauce Boss Zach. Hey there. And a very special returning champion with us in studio. We're not exactly sure how many times. Yeah. Uh, Chef Alan Sternberg, welcome Hello. back to the program. Hello. The jacket is being made. The jacket is being made. I, I hope it's a fishnet jacket. <laughs> well, dang it. Spoiler alerts. That's, that's, fishnet fall? That, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, I'll, be, I'll be there. Fall. Yeah. That's that's a very good point. Have you participated at all in fishnet summer yet? No, um, I have some pants with some holes in them, but that's <laughs> a, that's the best I got. Man, they probably don't like. They probably don't appreciate fishnets in the kitchen very much. I don't think that that's well hairnets. <laughs> I just wear a hat. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> hairnets hair suck. They they're really bad. Well, no. not as fun. Yeah, I'm sorry. Fishnets are like a full body hairnet, though. I never thought about that. It, yeah, actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll subscribe to that. Yeah. So if you are a chef, you're already in the fishnet game. It's the cousin of fishnets. That is true. Okay. You just haven't gone far enough with it. Correct. I haven't taken it to the body. The body. To the lower body. <laughs> Have you ever thought about doing a, a fishnet bodysuit? Yes. <laughs> um, all my friends said no. Because <laughs> of the nipples? The nipples have become a problem for. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I work in a school, and <laughs> they were like, "This is it's a no nipple zone." Yeah, it's a no nipple. I didn't right. know that. They I mean, all, all schools should be a no nipple zone. I well, feel like. Uh, is there rules? Is it in the rules? No, it right, was. So I, it's, a gray, I, it's a gray, maybe brown, yeah. maybe reddish pink area, <laughs> depending on depending on your skin yeah, color yeah. or your what you've dyed your nipples. <laughs> Wait, is that a thing? No. It's going to be. <laughs> is it part of if Fishnet the, Summer? No, it's part of Fishnet Fall is what the <laughs> fuck it is. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to the nipple dying in, in good time. Uh, I do, at the beginning of the episode, I always forget to do this. Guys, we got some amazing merch at harderbrunch.com. Go check it out. Zach has put together a lovely website for us. Where you can get your um, tropical shirts. And then we also have the Hollandaise Confused t-shirt available. Yeah, um, Check that out. And I did want to start off with a shame, shame. Dang, this early. Shame. Shame. Now, if you shame yourself in front of us shame. again. No, no. Oh. We won't be shaming myself. Oh. This shame goes out to Sauce Boss Zach, who did not put up last week's Patreon. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
that was on me. So, uh, so I do have some good news though. If you're a Patreon subscriber, uh, we're gonna put up the Mo Mitchell Patreon this it, week. It was so good, really fun. It was seriously funny, really fun time with comedian Mo Mitchell. And then also this week, bonus content for everyone, not just Patreon subscribers. We have our crossover episode with Nerd News, and we're gonna yeah, we'll throw up a link to that or or something. But we have double the content for you to make up for last week. So I'm very excited about that. Or the same amount of content that you would have got anyways. Well, I mean, it is, you know, tomato, tomato. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I I refreshed my uh, my mm-hmm, Patreon mm-hmm. a couple times looking for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I actually have, my, like, my commute is just long enough where, like, I have a, enough podcasts that, like, it really fills my week yeah. every day. So, like, not having that show. Kind of messed it up. Yeah, Zach. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. No, I. I uh, shame. shame. Yeah, I definitely completely forgot about it until today when Dyke's like, hey, uh, how about maybe we post that <laughs> yeah. that episode we recorded last week? People were hitting up my phone and like asking me questions about this episode. I was like, I think it's up. Just hundreds of and messages. They, yeah, hundreds. And they, because a lot of them get together. So, like, we have less Patreon subscribers. But like more listeners, yeah. When the Hardys flock to you, yeah, they have the listening parties, and they're like, "Hey, you just ruined the listening party." Nation. The Hardy party, the Hardys. It's absolutely not. It's brunch. I will not take this mutiny. Uh, <laughs> I like the Hardy party. The, the Hardy, Hardy party? party. Yeah, I'm a. Yeah, I'll weigh in. We have a Hardy party Hardy with party. all of our Hardys. They literally spell it like the fast food chain Hardys. It's so confusing. That's no, you, we could do it slightly different. I'll say two E's are funner than one Y. Yeah, they are. <laughs> we could do an E Y. Hate it so much. Uh, Alan, you are a Patreon subscriber. I am. Can you tell our audience, because you listen to both, right? The Heart of Brunch yep. uh, podcast and then the Patreon. What would you say, how, how are they different from each other? Um, a lot more impressions, <laughs> for sure, on oh. the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. um, or guess. I, I guess it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a sub-guest. It's a, re- so, yeah. a return, very specific returning sub-guest. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe even co-host at this point. And it's much more of a, would you say, it's much more of a comedy show? Yeah, for sure. Or sure. attempting to be a comedy show. It It is the show that will make, if this makes you cringe a little bit, <laughs> the, <laughs> the harder, or the, the Patreon will, will get you every time. All right, we so. got to scrub that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If this no. makes you, we'll put laugh over cringe. Yeah. We, we'll, we will use the part where he said that he missed it when it didn't come out. This yeah. No, no, like I, I actually, I really do quite enjoy it. And, and just like having that, that extra wall in between everything and like. Yeah, that way, that way you guys don't get. You feel like you're in, a in cool trouble club. on the social medias. It's it's worth it's worth the three dollars. Well, Zach has a lot of ideas that we prefer. He only <laughs> says behind a paywall. You know. <laughs> um, where's the puppets? I haven't seen the puppets. Oh, they're oh, over they're there. Right they're in the corner. They're yeah. back there. You can get them out if you want. No, <laughs> no, I'm. They gotta stay way the fuck over there. <laughs> yeah, that's a smart idea. It, it, it feels weird because you know so much about the after brunch. I feel like. The after brunch is going to collide, yeah, with the actual harder brunch. So people that listen to harder brunch are going to be like, "Wait, what are they talking about?" And you have to get the Patreon subscription subscription mm-hmm. <laughs> to actually find that. <laughs> but um, I feel like today too, we're just going to have a a, a a mesh. Well, yeah. Well, typically a fish, net. T- uh, a fish mess. A fish. Nope. Hair <laughs> that. So typically, we uh, harder brunch is an interview show. And we've interviewed you multiple times. Yeah, so yeah, I've been around for a minute. You can go back in the, I guess, what we call them now, the audio archives. Uh, and you've cooked for us multiple times too. Yeah, I've uh, 
I've actually only eaten eight. I don't know which one it is. Once. He's co-host. He was the first pick for a co-host when you were out of town. First that, draft, that was yeah. that was after no i did i don't, well, he, I don't remember it, well, i've been on a bunch of times i will be honest um the guest that day had too much to drink i'm not gonna yeah. tell you what episode you were originally going to be the first and then i'm gonna just say his name seth uh he's a no one knows him he's a writer for for indie monthly and all the stuff he interviews it doesn't matter yeah but he, but he has a drinking problem. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I feel like he did. Uh, I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> did not say it. Uh, but I will wink if that's what I was intending to do. So check out the YouTube and see if that wink happened. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, you said- I can't blink the whole time. <laughs> like, so, yeah, he took over that spot. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. But, yeah, you're the co-host. Yeah. Uh, so Alan, I've seen you, um, on your Instagram really hitting the skate park hard on your bike. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I gotta say I'm equally impressed by the videos that you put up. And also I always get scared. Like he's going to break his arm. He's going to break something. Yeah. I'm, I'm at the age where, so I, I rode BMX for a long time. Um, I got decently good. I won't say good. Um, but then cooking took over my life and mm-hmm. I quit riding for about 10 years. Um, beginning of the pandemic, uh, I didn't have anything to do. My daughter had a skateboard. She's out in the street one day and she wanted to skate around the neighborhood. My bike, the same bike that had been there for 10 years that I did not touch except for moving. Yeah. Um, I got on and like the, literally the second I stepped on it, I was like, Oh shit, I've been missing this out of my life. Um, so yeah, I, I try to make time for it. It's, it reminds me that I'm more than just a chef. Like for, for a lot of my career, uh, mm. so much of it was, you know, food is everything. I'm mm. a chef. Like, um, you know, it's about hospitality. It's about uh, progression. It's about growth. It's about all these things. And then when I literally, the first time I stepped back on my bike, it was like, oh, I have more agency than this. And like, there's more to me as a human being yeah. than this. So like, it's been something I've kept up with. And um, it's it's weird now because like, I, I ride bikes with a kid that's 14 and my daughter's 14. <laughs> and it's like, fuck, I, I can legitimately be your parent. Like, not like in a joking way. It's like, I literally have a 14 year old. Um, and I'm just trying to relearn stuff that I, I could do in my 20s just fine. Yeah. Um, I put lots of pads on because like i can't afford to get hurt yeah that's um, what i was like legitimately yeah. worried about like if you break your arm you can't cook, cook. Uh, that's why you learn to cook left hand too <laughs> and i don't mean this as a joke but is there a, a like a famous one arm chef? chef um excuse me there has to be chef Leopard. there's uh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh that's a that's a pause yeah, yeah that's a yeah. pause Ooh. chef leopard um, How is that? Yes, uh, I cannot think of his name. Uh, I think he he was or he is at St. Baines in England. Um, he definitely has a fake hand for oh. sure. Uh, and, and last I knew, they were a two Michelin star restaurant. Like he, it's it's pretty legit. Um, but like it, that's awesome. Being a chef is so much more than just cooking like yeah it, it's it's leading a brigade it's holding standards it's um not even just like leading a brigade but like just staff um it's managing people it's managing product it's managing numbers like it's so much more than just 
actually shaking pans or cutting vegetables. Mm-hmm. Like at a certain point, you really don't do a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. It's usually about the time like you can afford really good knives. Is kind mm-hmm. of what I figured out. Okay, so like. By the time you can actually afford like the good utensils, you don't use them anymore. Not at all. So like, there's there's knives in my bag I haven't touched in months, other than when I'm like, oh, I have this knife. (laughs) But but yeah, I I don't. I use like a bread knife and a chef knife most of the time, and everything else Mm -hmm. is not so much. That's for me. I think with the realization that came uh, way too late and after way too much student loan money, that was that like. Oh, like in the, and I'm, I'm, people can fit in and do a bunch of different stuff, but like, I feel like, yeah, to make X amount of money, you, you start, you do less and less cooking. Right. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to be a chef. I want to be a cook. Like I love just cooking and all of the other stuff is just background noise that I'm just like, I understand you have to do it. Someone has to do it. But I was like, oh, I don't want to be that person. Like, I just want to, like, cook with the food. I I think I actually glossed over probably the most important role of a chef, and, like, that's to be a teacher. So, so, like, a lot of times um, in different restaurants that I've been in, like, I'll I'll use Cerulean as an example because I think that's where most people got to at least have an idea of what I was doing. Um, A lot of it was, you know, I was – coming up with stuff. I was working through dishes. Then I would teach other people how to do it. And like inevitably the best thing that happened, like as cooks were with me longer and longer, like you would taste a dish on day one. It would taste a certain way they would make it and it wouldn't be quite right. But like in a couple weeks, month, two months, like that dish was way better when they were making it because they actually had the repetition of doing yeah. it mm-hmm. constantly. And like, that's where you actually started to see the growth of the staff Mm -hmm. Um, and they take on more and more responsibility because the more, you know, like the more you can handle and Mm -hmm. like the more pride you take in it, like they, they do their own little things that like actually makes it their own. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's their station. So when they're training the next guy, it's not just like there's, there's an ownership amongst all of us. So like if someone new comes in and they're not holding the standard, but everybody else is, then like when they're training somebody, like it's, they're going to make sure they do it right because they've all worked so hard to make sure they achieve that. So like it's, it's becoming a teacher, but it's also teaching other people to teach. So that way it kind of trickles down. Like I I don't think trickle down works in every way, but (laughs) um, economics, but, um, but in a kitchen, like if, if the, if the structure is there, if the, uh, the regiment and the care is there, then, then it definitely does. So now I have to ask you, like and this isn't a judgmental question, but are you a nice chef or you mean like do you use like louder tones in your voice? Do you raise your voice? Because that's what I'm afraid of. If I got into a kitchen, I'm not afraid of it, um, but I'm 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 expecting that there's going to be some sternness. <laughs> um, <coughs> yeah, yes and no. Um, there's there's a moment. Um, like there's definitely times where like you have to be stern. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be a dick. You don't have to yell at people. Mm-hmm. But like inevitably, if they're not doing their job, like you have to yeah. hold them to a certain standard. And there's a lot of people that don't like that because they've never been held accountable. Yeah. Um, Especially if it's your restaurant, it's your name on there. So if you see someone dumping a whole bunch of paprika in a dish that doesn't have paprika, you're gonna you're gonna raise your voice probably, right? Um, I mean, like I definitely. I definitely used to be more of a yeller. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was, 
I yeah. took over at Sterling when I was 26. Like, oh yeah, I, and like you don't have you don't have the confidence in yourself to not like not project that okay. that that kind of like puffed out chest. Like, I I need to mm-hmm. I need to enforce my what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but the older I get, like um, after Cerulean closed, I I went up and helped run Cerulean in Warsaw. Yeah, and there was there was a very distinct moment. I remember where I had to work the grill cause no one else knew how to do it. Um, and this is two and a half hours away. I was living above the restaurant. So I'd literally like wake up, walk into the restaurant as like the first step of my day. Mm-hmm. And then the second I was done cleaning up, I'd go to bed. So, but it was a whole thing. And, um, but I remember this moment where I was working grill and I looked around and I was like, man, I am not only the only guy in the kitchen right now. I am the only person not in high school. Um, and then I did some quick mental math. And I was like, Oh, every one of these ladies is closer to my daughter's age than yeah. my age. So like, you know, it, it changed my perspective so much on mm. how I spoke to staff. And like, there's definitely been times where like I've felt pushed to my limit and I've definitely yelled, but I'll also, you know, if my, my voice raises, I will grab everybody and I will apologize to them one-on-one and yeah. I will go through, what I said and how I said it, mm-hmm. why I was wrong. And like, I will own up for that because That's awesome. yeah, because I mean, I don't think anybody expects everybody to be perfect all the time. It's more about the accountability of, you know, if you fuck up, own your response, right. Own the responsibility, do the right thing. Yeah. And, and like, try to make sure that people don't leave mad. Like people don't want to work for someone that they, they hate going to work for them because they know they're going to get yelled at. I know I, there's a couple chefs that I worked for that I fucking don't like at all because <laughs> I, I won't do you, you have something like a specific memory because I have certain times I got yelled at that are just like seared into my brain forever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple, um, you don't have to say names, but do you remember like this I'm specific, if I want and to. you can say specific names. Um, <laughs> they yelled at you, they yelled at you. No, like I, I remember, I remember a chef, um, and, and actually I think I talked about this the very first time I was ever on the show. Like, um, he pulled me aside. He got in my fucking face and he said, you know, pull your dick out of my ass and quit fucking me. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I was doing the best I could fucking do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, I just apparently wasn't good enough at that point. Um, or like he would, you know, compliment you. And this was like, yes, chef kitchen. And like, you'd say, thank you, chef. And he'd be like, I'm being facetious. Like just like little shit like that. Or, uh, or like, that's really descriptive. Or like in front of the entire staff, like he would, um, blame me for the linen bill. Oh. And it's like, <laughs> so, so not to give too much away, but like, he's a the, famous chef, isn't he? No. Um, he's a local chef that <laughs> may be on, uh, Indy monthly's, uh, top 25 restaurant list this Okay. Okay. Well, only about half that I list is out. You guys can do the math. Let's go. Um, but but like also like I also realized like that there was moments of trauma that happened in that job because yeah. of where I was at in my life. Yeah. Um. And I've I've since, you know, I don't like the guy, but like I've also confronted him and mm-hmm. been like, hey, I did not do my job as well as I should have been doing it at that point. Um. And like that was less so for. Less so for him and more so for me, just to move past that shit. Was so he like, Michelin rated? No. So, and you are now? No. <laughs> we, we got nominated, correct? No. James Beard. Oh, James Beard. Yeah, Beard. Uh, 
Yeah. Was he James Beard nominated? <laughs> no. So, ha! In his face, 25 Indie Monthly. <laughs> um, Seth, start writing about the good people. Um, oh, you mean the alcoholic that <laughs> doesn't do his yeah, job very well? I say that. If you, no, want, you said that nobody knows who he is. No, I didn't say that. But, but I mean, like, also, this was, I mean, it was a long time ago. Um, it was, what? Ten plus years ago, yeah. Um, and look at you now. That's yeah, what I'm trying like, to say. And, but I also like. I guess I have also. Get, I, I definitely need to say this. Like I have gained the perspective of. I know I have been that person for other people. Mm. Uh-huh. So like, yeah, it's, there, there's a little bit of that maturity that happens where it's like, oh, I have fucked up. Yeah. I have pissed people off. That's I humble. am the bad guy for other people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like, I guess part of owning, again, trying to own my responsibility and who I was. Um, and not letting it define who I'm going to be for the rest mm-hmm. of my career, the rest of my life it is acknowledging that, you know, not everybody does things the right way. A lot of people go through different phases in life. I think I, I read something the other day about how I think it was like every five years, your brain has the capacity to change your personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so like at 10 years, like he could be, he could be two different people by now. Yeah. Um, but like, that's, that is my memory. It doesn't invalidate those things. And you know, I definitely have cooks that, that definitely have those things about me. So yeah, um, I yeah. got a shame button for uh, this guy right here. Hit the shame button shame. as we're talking about this. Um, Dyke, I I don't know if you need to work on your communication skills. <laughs> uh, I tried here. This is this is what happened in my own house. I'm I'm cooking and Dyke comes behind my shoulder and he says it hurts me <laughs> when you cook. And I was like, what, what do you mean? It hurts to watch you cook. And I realize I'm being dissed right now, but I don't know how. And I realize people need to change their vernacular. And and Dyke's one of those guys. If you had a whole kitchen, I'm sure you would diss them. Uh, no, I definitely did say that. Um, <laughs> I think I think there's a there's a, sometimes you do have to step back and just go. Oh, this person's just gonna do things their own way but i do have to fight that natural reaction to um mansplain things sometimes <laughs> like oh that's not but I, I think along the way i'm sure somebody else would do i'm sure you could come in watch me cook and feel the exact same way you know it's just like well why are you doing it that way like that's not the best way to do it or the most that's not the best way i know to do that so why would you do that that way yeah i mean yeah i i think it's I, I guess that actually goes back to the whole like <laughs> chef as a teacher is like just because I know it doesn't like I don't assume you should know it. Yeah. Um. I, we, right before the podcast, we, we were talking like I was I taught culinary school for a couple of years, um, and like one of the moments I remember the very most, um, besides the hundreds of eggs people tried to get me to eat one day, uh, <laughs> um, was uh we were doing terrines and this girl had a terrine in the oven in a what i thought was a water bath because that's what the recipe said to do and she's like i don't think it's cooking it's like well did you follow the recipe she's like yeah and i check her oven and there's a pan of ice in the oven <laughs> and i was like why why is there ice in the oven and she's like you know i didn't know what an ice bath was, or i didn't know what a water bath was but i knew what an ice bath was and i was like oh i need to I need to explain everything. Break this yeah, down like not to the... just because just because I it's common sense to me does mm-hmm. not mean it is not a revelation for someone right. else. So 
Right. Like when you're explaining to Thad why yeah. he's doing things wrong. Well, just, not even just wrong. How's different? You well, know? you can practice it right now. Can you yeah. tell us what he was doing? I, I don't remember. It was wrong. Do you exact, remember that? I don't remember exactly what it, it was. It was everything. It was everything. <laughs> I think it was <laughs> the whole process. <laughs> I think it was uh, starting to cook with a cold skillet, which was like, like, and today was a good segue for there. Was, Zach did a lot of things today that I had some opinions about. He spilled a lot of eggs on the ground, which yeah. those, we have pictures. I yeah. spilled half of the eggs. <laughs> 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 How many how many eggs are we talking about? <laughs> that makes it better. Yeah. I didn't spill all the eggs. I spilled half of the eggs. This is a good enough to walk on. Yeah. Enough to walk on all around the campfire. Are we talking in a flat? Are we talking in a case? Are no, we... it was just like a There's probably six, eight eggs in a yeah. skillet and they all yeah. went on the ground after they were done. There was yeah. only five of you, right? right. Yeah. Right. So we had time to, to do it again. With yeah. the other half of the eggs. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the brunch. Let's talk about that technique. Why we, did you decide to spill it on the ground? <laughs> yes. That is technique. Little, it is It is much harder if you just, as far as brunch goes, if it, you just throw half of it on the ground. Yeah. Well, then everybody watches you the second time, and they're yeah. like, God, I really hope I get some of those eggs, because it was not a guarantee the first yeah. time. One, it looked like it was on purpose. Two, <laughs> it was kind of like a magic trick, because we were all hungry. They're like, oh, we're going to have to wait for those eggs again, Yeah, because they're done. They just got done too, so it was like, "Oh, the eggs are done." And then oh, I love that idea. <laughs> oh, you guys are hungry. Yeah, fuck yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> but now the eggs that we tasted afterwards was much better. Yeah, because we were so hungry and we saw eggs go. We knew these could go on the ground. Like, yeah, we appreciate those eggs. To your eggs, did man? I think I might worry that the eggs before tasted better. I don't know. Um, I, don't I mean, know. everybody had the option. Of trying them. <laughs> they were absolutely up for grabs. So I guess we should start off by saying that we were, uh, the reason we were camping is because we were celebrating uh, Sauce Boss Zach's bachelor party. Because he's, are you betrothed? Woo! Yes. Currently yeah. betrothed? I guess that's what the wording is. Yeah. Betrothed? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so we went, <laughs> thank you. I deserve that. Um, and then we went to the... Uh, uh, we went camping for a bachelor party. We had fun. Uh, it was a it was a real harder brunch uh, away game into the woods. So much fun and uh, had a blast. Had a had a lot of fun stories. Played some games. Cooked some. Uh, are you familiar with so what? So my grandma always um, made camper stew every time we went camping, which was just it was a quick easy thing. It was just ground beef, tomato sauce, frozen vegetables. I think we jazzed it up with some hot sauce and some peppers and stuff, but like real basic thing that you could just throw over, heat it up, get it going, and slop it out. I think we made walking tacos out of it and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, you took the opposite strategy. You made five gallons of <laughs> camper stew. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So we each had our own personal gallon. He saw how many people were there, too. Yeah, and he's like, you know what? I got to cook all of it. Well, truth be told, uh, we had a, a lot bigger list originally, and those people started dropping <laughs> off like flies. So we had a bunch of people that were originally going to come. I thought I was feeding more people. Mm. Bridget was going to come. Uh, Bridget was going to come. I think Alan Sternberg was going to come. Oh, Alan was going to come. Alan was, I was. I got, I got Sam back to, <laughs> into working today. Uh, so. Chris King. I feel like we should not leave Chris King out. He was going to come. He was going to come. Yeah. yeah. He had to go hang out with another friend because he's a good friend. Was it his baby? <laughs> no, it was no. not his ba- precious baby this time. <laughs> no baby excuses. Uh, but yeah, so we did camper stew. And then the other thing that I did growing up a lot was like, do you remember campfire pies when you go camping? Did you ever do that? No. Like with a pie iron? 
Nope. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you familiar? No. no You've no never idea. heard Pie Iron before. I feel like I've heard it, but I have. I literally drawn a blank as far as so what it, that is. I, I never had. So it's just a. It's just a cast iron. Uh, the ones I grew up with were circular. They made like a true like pie shape. These were square. Like a Dutch oven. No, it's just like a little. It's like two clamps that you put down, and they and they make like a pie. Oh, I actually I do know what you're talking about. I just didn't know that's Alan, what it was called. Can you guess who made the best pie out of all of us? Um, no. The guy that's smiling. Oh, you? No, yeah. You, wait, what, you, what kind of pie did you make? You think you made the best you, pie? You did not make the best One, pie. One, I didn't make the best pie. No. Your guys' was burnt. You pieces of shit. <laughs> was it? Was it a rasta pasta pie? <laughs> okay, I don't. <laughs> I'm still on your side because we're trying to roast them. Right, I'm going to come back to roast sorry. you. All right. No, I'll, but Dyke <laughs> tried three times to make a pie. This was his invention. Guess what? Mine wasn't burnt. Mine tastes delicious. I had chocolate in there. I had grape jelly yours for some wasn't reason. Even cooked. Yes, it was. Yeah, yours was it's, like fire kissed. Did we get a picture of yours? Hey, I'm just going to say as as a chef... It's better to undercook than over because you can cook it a little bit more. That's what I'm talking about, and I like it soft. Well, yeah. I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so you lose it right there. Yeah. <laughs> he said that many yeah. times. Uh, can you clip that for the fucking board? <laughs> uh, but what, what I was doing a test kitchen, so we were testing it down to the minute to see where the burning was happening, and you know we brought it back. So like the third one was great. Fourth or fifth? Fourth or fifth one was yeah. great. You know we really had to. Get it dialed in. Hey, sometimes it takes it that many times. And sometimes you just do it right the first time like I did. Mm. You had a soft pie. We all know. We all, it was, we it all was, said it. It was soft. It was buttery. It was scrumptious. Scrumptious. Is that a word? Scrumptious. Yeah. Um, yep, it is. Scrumptious. But yep. it, it did make me it brought up a thing that I want to do is I want to make a, um, a brick pizza oven outside. Just like a cheap. Yeah, one that I've seen like on the internet, yeah. like just get some bricks and some paver stones and just do like a little. I mean, I think it. I think it's actually more intense than that. Yeah, no, nah, we just, can do it in an afternoon. It's not. I'm sure. And after right. seeing yeah. you do it this weekend, I don't know if we need a brick oven <laughs> on <laughs> on this property. I don't want to smell burnt pizza for <laughs> the rest of my life. It's better not inside. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're that's going to be our fall project was is a pizza oven. You should put it in the studio here. <laughs> just right there. Pizza oven <laughs> in the studio. Have a smoke everywhere. Yeah. We're just like, wow. Ah. You can have your own like mid-show pie contest and really see who's got the best pie. I'd have a pie off with you. Yeah. Um my dad and I we actually built a brick oven uh pizza oven in Haiti. In, in America. Oh, <laughs> in Michigan? No, that's not a bad guess. We could do it in Haiti as well. It's that seems like a Haiti project. Like, we're going to build a no. an oven for the people. I don't know. I, I think it probably was. I think he was doing the test run mm. in America. It's like, if we could do this really well, we could build more yeah. brick ovens in Haiti. But uh, we did it there, and uh, we used propane as well. A lot of cement, a lot of bricks. Um, and, and the pies taste great. So we, we, we would do uh, a cauliflower <laughs> pie. If, I don't know if you, a healthy pie, if you, if you know what I'm talking about. People that don't want to have too much sugar, they'll do stuff like. Cauliflower's uh, full of sugar. Is it? Seriously? I mean, pretty much all vegetables break down to sugar. I thought it was like a keto pizza. No, pizza's not keto. It's gluten-free. <sighs> 
celiac. Why would right? anybody do a cauliflower <laughs> crust if it was full oh, of Oh, the crust. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Because I thought you just meant like as a topping on a regular pizza. I was like, that's no. not keto at all. No, the, the crust was cauliflower. Was cauliflower. Yeah. And a restaurant actually adopted that uh, recipe that my dad did. So It's keto. So that's keto for sure. Sure. Why did you say it was full of sugar? I'm, I'm like surprised. All, all vegetables break. Like it, you can caramelize it because the sugars caramelize. I mean, there might be some. I don't know. I, I'm. I. I guess I haven't looked at the sugar structures of cauliflower in a while. Um. So I could be talking out my ass, but like I feel like I feel like most sugars or most sugars, most most vegetables when you cook them become sweet because it, it's all converting down to mm. sugar. Guys, we're going to get to the bottom of this cauliflower pizza situation, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Heart of Brunch podcast. Uh, we were just in the middle of doing an agreement in the middle. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sternberg, you said you had some yeah, clarifications yeah, had, from the first um, half. Yeah, you can shame me. That's fine. Um, I Googled it. Apparently, cauliflower, low and sugar. It's keto-friendly-ish. Um, and the pizza oven... The picture in my head, very different than the picture that you showed me. Yeah. You can totally do that in your backyard for very cheap. I I will say this in your defense. You imagine me building something. Yeah. And so that's probably a red flag right there. I I was, I did a pizza event at a farmer's farm in Northern Indiana. Mm -hmm. And like, he has this massive pizza oven. Like he was talking about like how they have all these Mason friends that came and built this thing. And like, I was expecting like some kind of concrete involved yeah. and not just like a paver and like six bricks like you showed me. Yeah. You can totally, you can totally do that. Yeah. You can heat up dough. Yeah. In it. That's all we're looking so, for. All right. So I, I'll, I'll eat it I on mean, both those. Yeah. And not to be petty, but can you just say Thad was right? Thad was <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you. You hear that? Hardy party. Yeah. Thad. Uh, right. I think I think we're going to have to put it out to the masses if we want to be Brunch Nation or if we want to be the Hardies. And I think you at home all know what the correct answer is. Well, so Hardy we, Nation. So we vote. Hardy Nation. It's the compromise. Hardy the, Nation uh, is, is even better. The agreement in the middle. Yeah, we already got like three votes for that. Oh, we fuck. have three votes. <laughs> he's on favor. his phone. You guys don't know shit. He, oh, man. He's connected. We'll put it out on Instagram and we'll see. Uh, do you have that clip lined up for me? Absolutely. Go ahead and drop that. Full volume. <laughs> it's time for another edition of Chef to Chef. <laughs> I feel like it's never loud. Uh, I have some questions for you, um, Chef Alan Sternberg. And, uh, just, I'm 0 for 2 from the first half, so just I don't know how well to, this is going to go. This is just stuff I want you to speak on. There's no, I don't think there's any right or wrong answers here. This is just stuff that questions that I have for you. Okay, okay. One, uh, where to start? Um, how have you watched the show The Bear, and do you have an opinion about it? Uh, I've watched it twice. Um, mm. It was the first time was um, I watched it twice very quickly, um, like within a couple days of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, watched it with my wife the first time. Um, it was it was a little bit traumatic. Or it brought up a, a little bit of trauma for me, for sure. Um, for a couple weird reasons. Um, the beard list that he is on for Rising Star, mm-hmm. um, I'm on that list. Oh. Like that year, that category. Ooh. Um, I was one of 28 in the country that can say that. Um, friends with... Ha- uh, 
five or six of them at this point. Um, but also like when I got on that specific list, mm-hmm. um, I was working in a restaurant that I was, it was right after Cerulean Indy closed. I wasn't super happy with what I was doing. I felt just like drug all the way down. And so like, it was, it was bittersweet to be on that because it was like, I was excited, but I wasn't with my team that did it. I mm. wasn't, I wasn't able to actually like embrace that. So like, that was a very like, Oh shit. Like I've lived this. I've done so many different jobs since Cerulean that like, I'm just trying to get back to doing the food that I actually love doing. Yeah. And like, I've cooked a lot of food in the last five years that is like, I'm doing a job. I'm not actually pouring myself into it the way I want. So like it it was just kind of like, Oh, like I, I literally have felt being in those exact shoes. Um, Is it weird seeing a kind of fictionalized version variant of, of yourself in kind of a way? The thing I, I will agree with that. I've seen a lot is it's the most accurate portrayal of what restaurant life is like. Um, obviously there's some, there's some, you know, drama that gets thrown in there to make it interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did really like all the details in the show. Like when he's in the office, like you can actually see the books that are there. Like I know Zuni cafe is there. Um, Judy Rogers plays and you know, there's a a random silver spoon on his desk on top of papers. And it's like, those are things that like, if, if I think it's Maddie Matheson, that was Mm -hmm. the, the culinary, um, talent on that show yeah consultant sorry i couldn't think of the word um it was like those little things are just like okay like this actually kind of fills in that world for me and Mm. it felt less um just like a hollywood production like say burnt which is like horrible fucking representation of what being a chef is like um but it's like there was a lot of little nods to what restaurant life is like so i enjoyed it quite a bit i actually the second time i watched it with my daughter um because i was like hey i know you have no idea what i go through and like what my life is actually like on on the work into things but here's kind of a uh, a little snapshot of it and like there's the one episode where like it's all chaotic and like they they get the um the big order the yeah the online pos gets turned on before they were ready or whatnot and like all the chaos and just kind of like, like she was stressed out from that. I was like, yeah, like I've been in those moments where it's just like, you're the only person that is going to help guide everyone else through. And like, if you have that reaction where you just turn to screaming and freaking out on everybody, like you, you kind of instinctively do a little bit, but like you have to reel it back in and help guide everyone through it. So like, um, there were there were definitely moments in that show that I enjoyed quite a bit. There's also ones that were just kind of brought up a lot of feelings and emotions. Um, I know I, I've heard and seen chefs react completely both ways on the show, um, but I personally enjoyed it. Nice. Um, octopuses too smart to eat. Mm. I think it's octopi. <laughs> um, so. Um, uh, they're weird they're weird like they are incredibly intelligent they they have evolved so differently than a lot of life forms on earth um i know or at least i believe i know until i google it later and figure out that cauliflower doesn't have much sugar in it um 
is they they don't have like a central brain. Um, it they have like three um, clusters that that help their cognitive ability. Um, so I, I think that's part of the the argument about not eating octopus is. Um, can you turn your fucking ringer <laughs> off? Yeah, what's what the going fuck? On? <laughs> Least hey. he might be woke, but he is not fucking courteous. He's woke now, but no, <laughs> yeah, rude. Um, but but I think part of it is there's not a great way to tell if you are um, killing them in a way that is um, not pain inducing. Mm. So I, I think that's that's the bigger argument to me because like pigs are super intelligent. I have no problem killing, not killing pigs. Um, I have no problem eating pigs. I have no problem no. serving pigs. Um, I, I do think it's important that at some point in your career, you take the life of something that you cook mm-hmm. just so that you actually feel well, the actual weight of it. Um, that's good. Lobster feels like a murder. Like a, oh like yeah, a, you, like a, you're definitely killing something. Yeah, and like the, the very first time I ever killed a lobster, it was like, <laughs> It was just one of those, like, I want to get it done. I want to make sure I do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in culinary school. Like, I yeah. think a lot of people. Um, and there was there was another girl that came later on that, like, picked the knife up and, like, ended up, like, just, like, she didn't do it right. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to paint the picture. I'm not going to make the Hardys all upset. Um, <laughs> Hardy Nation. I hate this so much. Yeah. Hardy, Hardy Nation. Yeah. That, that's only for Dyke. Um, <laughs> but, uh. But yeah, she didn't do it right, and it was like the the instructor, the chef, jumped in. And it's like just immediately, like I'm gonna t- make sure this thing doesn't suffer. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. It's about having respect. It's it's the same as a lot of things in food. It's it's having respect and understanding that like that is a life. That is, um, you know, there is a whole ecosystem that it revolves around these things. There is a whole um, an industry to get it to your doorstep. Um, you are the final step in it. You are the the guest facing or the the um, the public facing um, end of that. But you know, I have no problem cooking octopus. I I use it quite a bit. Um, I do understand that that there's concern about how they if they feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess I'm also I'm also of the opinion that it's absolutely delicious, and you know. The reason I fucked up about the cauliflower is I'm not a dietitian. I'm not. I'm not into um, policy around animal rights. I'm. I want to do my best. I want to know as much as I can. Mm-hmm. But my job is to make delicious food. It's not to save the world. Like that's a job for government. That's that's not for what I do. I don't get paid well enough for mm-hmm. to save the world. <laughs> when we talked at the beginning, we uh, you mentioned something about. Oh, we were talking about my, my culinary books, and you were like, those are all outdated, and yeah, yeah. Like, food has changed. And it has, completely. Yeah. Um, uh, specifically in the last 10 years. Um, I guess, where what would you say, where are we at now, as far as like the food trends? How has it changed in the past decade? Um, I'm going to go a little bit further back. I'll try to do this as quickly as possible. Um, so, for those that don't come from the food world... Um, until around the seventies, um, you might argue late sixties, uh, chefs were not prominent figures at all. It was, it was the mater d. It was the, the mater d's were the owners. Mm-hmm. They, they were the ones that were curating the whole of event of dining. Um, chefs started to come into, um, 
a little bit more prominence. Um, you definitely have the early, at least on the American side, you have the the early rock star chefs like Wolfgang Puck and Alice Waters and um, Jonathan Waxman. There's there's plenty, um, but then that's when that actually started to like, oh, these people are kind of. That's when like becoming a chef actually became something that you could do and actually make it if you would. Mm. It was a very blue collar job before that. It yeah. still it still is. Yeah. Um, and then as you get into the nineties, you have the popularity of the food network. Um, I think, you know, very much the idea of fine cuisine was very much, um, European centric, um, for a very long time in this country. Um, I'm not going to get into that too much, but you have this like, elevation of fine dining you have people like thomas keller that really rose to kind of uh celebrity status um and then you have the fall of the housing market in 08 and i think a lot of chefs left fine dining to go to gastro pubs and bistros and like more accessible food mm -hmm. it was a lower price point but they all came from this like really regimented yeah. fine cooking style so mm -hmm. like it was it became more accessible to eat well um, I think early ones in town, you know, our bistro on the North end of Mass Ave, uh, Mike over at black market when he opened that originally, mm -hmm. um, Ryan up at late harvest kitchen, um, and, and Neil for, uh, Pizology up on the North side too. Um, but you started to see like this, um, democracy, democracy, I can't say it. I've been drinking, <laughs> um, but you, you see this, uh, this web, of. of more people being able to eat better food. Mm -hmm. um, and when did you go to school? 2010. Okay. That's about when I went to school. Um, and so much of it was still like professional trade secrets. And it was, you had to learn French cuisine. You had to learn, or not French cuisine, but French technique. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, the most misunderstood things about French food is it's Italian food, but the French kind of uh regulated everything they they created a lot of the systems mm -hmm. but like um a lot of the the rise of french haute cuisine actually came from italian chefs coming into um the the french nobility um anyways uh but after 2008 you see this kind of like this access to to good food um but like culinary school is just kind of behind because it has to teach a curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, curriculums don't change historically very fast. Um, so like you are taught a lot of outdated things, but it also like, I gained a lot of, out of culinary school. I, I'd already been working in the industry for four or five years at that point. So like, I kind of knew the actual like rig and roll of what service is like. It wasn't just, Oh, I need to learn my mother's sauces. Um, so like I got a lot more out of it because I had practical knowledge prior to when you go to culinary school, you're going to teach you the basics, the foundations. It's, you know, going back to the pizza oven. If you don't know how to lay a brick, then you can't build a pizza oven. Mm -hmm. Um, so like it's teaching you those things. It's teaching you how to be a competent person inside a restaurant. It's the chef's job. Again, going back to teaching as a chef, it's their job to teach you their philosophies. It's their job to teach you the learned things they have gained and accumulated throughout their career mm -hmm. to actually make you a better cook. Like I always tell cooks, 
this is not culinary school. I am paying you to be here. Yeah. There's a job that needs done. That doesn't mean that I don't want you to learn. Doesn't mean I don't want you to grow. Um, I because if you if you walk out and you don't know anything better than when you came in, like what was the point? Yeah. Um, I had a rule of Cerulean, like we never repeated a dish. It was the dish might be very similar. It might be inspired from something a year ago, but if we didn't learn something within a year, like what were we doing? Mm. Um, and I feel like a lot of the last couple jobs I've had, it's been trying to catch people or get people kind of caught up and like just never really finding that exact same rhythm. And like, that's kind of what I'm searching for right now in in my career and my life is like like like-minded people that want to challenge each other. Um, Esterly and I worked with a great pastry chef that we are very like-minded and we challenge each other all the time. Uh, Shout out Pete Schmutty at Leviathan. They do really good stuff. If you guys haven't checked them out, but, but yeah, as far as the books, it's, it's, they're teaching you the very basics um, because everyone's going to have a different opinion. You know, going back to your shame earlier, like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, he, he knows something you don't. So like, he's like, he's going to express, Oh, I, I know this way to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like by hurting your feelings. Yeah. But there's, <laughs> yeah. 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 Dyke. Why? Why'd you hurt his feelings? Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt your feelings anymore. Um, we do have a. Uh, we do have a game. <laughs> we do have a game here that we want to play. Go ahead and drop that game show music. Alan Sternberg, welcome to the dating game. Oh shit! You're gonna be our eligible bachelor, and you're gonna you're gonna pick between uh, uh, three suitors, three different suitors, um, and so uh, I have. I have a question uh, here for you. This read that first question. Um, it's going to be suitor number one, suitor number two, and suitor number three, and they're they're each going to be asked the same uh, question. So that that first one on there. Wait, which one? Uh, looking. All right. Looking for in a man. I don't know. If that's a question. What are if you All have right. to put it in the form of a question? All right. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> What are looking for in a man? <laughs> uh, all right, what am I looking for in a man? Suitor, suitor number one. Uh, where would you take me on a first date? Suitor number one mm-hmm. is getting that answer. Yep. Where would you take me on the first date? Suitor number one is, yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's Rocky. Hey. <laughs> Oh, I'm not supposed to say my name. <laughs> it's Rocky Balboa. Hey, but I'm Rocky Balboa. Put him up. Put him up. Yeah, usually, usually Rocky, we we don't reveal who we are until the end yeah, of the but, game. Hey, you know who it is. <laughs> you know what good mistake. You know who it is. I my name comes out and it's like a punch, close hand fist. Hey, the Boston Stallion. Boston <laughs> Stallion. You know I'm from Boston. Where would you take uh, Rocky? Where would you take Chef Alan Sternberg? On a first date to really impress him. Honestly, you know, if it's guy to guy, I'm going to go to a ring. Want to go? We're going to put some fists up. <laughs> close fists. And he's going to say, hey, do you want to put some protection on? And I'm going to be like, yeah, let's put some protection on. So we put our gloves over our hands and we start boxing, going back. Oh, back so you're going to beat him up on your first date? I beat. I'm going to take it easy on him. <laughs> okay. I'm a gentleman. I mean, at least I know where I stand. If you beat me up on the first fucking date, like, yeah, I, I know what I'm in for, right? I'm not, I'm not that type of guy. 
Hey. Hey. Bachelor number two, same question. Where would you take? Please don't reveal your who you are exactly <laughs> quite yet. Bachelor number two. Uh, but where would you take Chef Alan Sirdberg on a first date? <laughs> I would tell you this right now. You ready? Here I come. So. Hey, <laughs> it's Rocky again. I, I snuck in. I know it's not my turn, but I'm just going to jump in and say, I really want to win this game. The last fight I had was, it was terrible. Yeah. Blood on the nose. Blood on the nose. But I let my friend Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not, Rocky, oh, you're not supposed to tell the other suitors. Oh, I keep telling the people yeah. who it is. It's all right. I'm messing up. Hey, I, you know, I've got hit in the head so many times. The CTE. With closed fist. No gloves. Hmm. All right. Here we go. Uh, Rodney, you go ahead. Oh, I did it again. Hey. <laughs> you know where I'd take you on a date? I'd take you to my wife's work so we can beat up the man she's sleeping with. <laughs> she keeps on cheating on me. No respect. No respect. All right. So your options so far, uh, Alan, are to go boxing or to uh, the place where his wife's cheating on it with. Uh, Bachelor number three, same question. You know, I'm actually not here for the game per se. Oh. I'm investigating the murder. A murder? A murder. You are saying murder, right? Yes, murder. Okay. Same thing as you were saying. Or a martyr. A martyr. All right. Got it that time. Well, where would you want me to take you? Let me ask that question. Do you mind? God, that's such a guy answer. <laughs> 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 what do you want to do for your birthday? Yeah. Tables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking know. That, that's funny. You going to woo me? When I used to date my wife... She wanted to know where she wanted to go. Ah, very interesting. Very interesting. But one more thing. Would you like to go go-kart racing? Maybe. No further questions here. <laughs> okay. I'm not a judge. Uh, uh, all right. That was great. Um, the second question for uh, suitor number one. If you were me for a day, what would, or sorry, if you were me, what would you do for a day? Hey, you know what I'd do for a day if I was you? I would uh, go buy a whole bunch of chickens. I'm talking about the live chickens, all right? And you're going to be tempted to eat the eggs. You don't want to eat the eggs. What you're going to do is you let them loose, and, and you run around, get some cardio. That's what I'd do if I was you. So chasing cock. You're never going <laughs> to. Got it. If you put it that way, you won't be a pervert about it, hey. <laughs> My fucking kids here. Yeah, your kids are gonna listen to this. My podcast. kids, my kids gonna listen to this podcast. You can't say shit like that. Uh, I apologize, uh, Bachelor Number One. Uh, bachelor Number Two, same question. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I know it's not actually my turn. Well, I wanted to say one more thing. I love that you have to do that to get in the fucking. 
I brought up one thing. I brought up one thing about eggs. Have you ever had 40 eggs? Um, I don't want to date nobody that hasn't had 40 eggs. It makes you hallucinate. Um, what is it, it, 23 and 26? Yes. Yeah, that's when the trouble happens. Yeah, that's when the trouble so happens. 40 doesn't. It's, no, it's, you get 40, you're good. Well, let's ask this. Have you hit 23 eggs? Fuck yeah, I haven't fucking eaten 23 eggs. Hey. Who hasn't fucking eaten 23 eggs? You got a little bit crazy. Um, maybe we just could skip over to Bachelor number three. Hey, this guy keeps butting in. <laughs> a lot like the other men with my wife. No respect. No respect. The other day I asked my wife, do you still love me? She said, yes, I love that you let me cheat on you. I said, that's oh, that's oh, disrespectful. No, that is not respectful. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Didn't really answer the question, but that's okay. Uh, bachelor number three, same question. You know, you know what I'd do if I was you? I'd get myself a lawyer and say, I'm guilty. How do I get myself out of it? Because you, you look like a murder spec- suspect. Oh. Um, I don't know what you want to do with that one, Alan. But, uh, but one more thing. Oh, no. <laughs> Where were you the night... Of the insurrection, I think it was a morning issue. It was. The morning. I think by the night it was like pretty much quelled. Um, I was at work watching it on TV. Where were you, Colombo? I was there getting evidence. <laughs> so it looks like we have something in common. I was at work, and you were at work. I guess at the insurrection. And it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Good sir, I didn't mean to take up your time. <laughs> but let me ask you something. My wife, she used to go to the insurrections herself. <laughs> <laughs> Big Trump fan. Okay, huge. And she saw a guy that looked just like you. She actually took a picture and said, look at Alan Sternberg. <laughs> and I said, oh, my wife, I think you just figured this case out for me. I was, I was so lost on this case. Anyways, yeah, there's a lot of wife talk for uh, this, this bachelor show. Uh, third question, third question for uh, the third question wasn't on there. It was just three people that thought I was going to do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just the answers. <laughs> Who, who's this? Who's this bad guy? Uh, he's a really funny comedian here in Indianapolis. Oh well, no! The the first question the, was uh, that likes it soft. Apparently, the the first question for Bachelor Number One was uh, what are you looking for in a man? Bachelor Number One, what are you looking for in a man? What, hey. are, you, what are you looking for in a man? I'm looking I feel for like sh- I gotta say it. Hey, you know who this is Rocky Balboa mm-hmm. from one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight, Creed, and then I've got another one coming out. Anyways, what I'm looking for, man, I'm, I'm looking for him to be strong mm-hmm. and, and not take crap from no one. All mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When life comes at you, you got hit in the face. You, you're better than this. You're better than this. You're better than this, Alan Strandberg. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I am. All right? I'm lazy. I remember when you were this, this big in my arms. <laughs> you're this big. In my hand, I I held you, Alan Sternberg. In in my fist, my closed fist. 
You held me. Life's not all butterflies face. and rainbows, okay? <laughs> Listen, life's not all butterflies it's, and rainbows. Sometimes love just hits you in the face oh, and yeah. says, you're in love. <laughs> sometimes me and you, it's love, sometimes it's your right hook. Me and you yeah. are going to make love like a chef in a box away. <laughs> I'm ready. And everybody knows what that looks like. <laughs> yeah, what? There's a category for it. <laughs> chef and <laughs> boxer love. That's the number two. <laughs> Special <laughs> number two, are you right there? Hey. <laughs> you keep interrupting, Rocky. This what I, did. I just want to know what you thought about my speech. That was, was great. It was, I thought it was a good speech. It was inspiring. Yeah, I, was, I, mean, I, I, was the show. I was totally yeah. fucking moved. I've been on this show. I could kind of do whatever I want. I think I, think <laughs> I can kind of do whatever I want. I think you you're going to get a lot of people to Google chef and boxer love <laughs> at the end of this. Hey, Zach, you, you've, been the, you've been here before. Yeah, no, I've been here for most of them. Hey, I heard you're getting married. <laughs> That's right, Rocky. Yeah. I, are you going to have a honeymoon? Uh, yeah, probably. What are you going to do on your honeymoon? Uh, well, I mean. We'll give it a smooch. Nah, I mean this is a this is a kid friendly show, so I don't want to. Yeah, your say kids it. here. Yeah, oh. yeah, your kids here. My, my kids here in this place. Oh gosh, you about got me. Anyways, hey, give them a round of applause for getting married. Yeah. All right, I let my friend uh, uh, Columbo jump in. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't his turn, but yeah, he he, jump he in. wants to go. He, he has his hand. Okay. I saw his hand up. All right. You know what type of man I'm looking for? What kind of man, Columbo? I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for a man that's honest. And one more thing. I'm looking for a man that murdered somebody. <laughs> you know what murder is? I, Chef. I, I didn't know what murder is. You're, yeah. you're used to a knife. Yep. It's funny. There was a knife in the murder victim. <laughs> And what type of knives did you say you use? What's your favorite? <clears throat> Good chef's not going to leave their fucking knife behind. It costs too much money. <laughs> That's what I thought. But you're not a good chef in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> a good chef would kill an innocent man in cold blood Fuck, you got for me. no reason. There was no reason. We looked over the case. There's no reason for you to kill this man. You had no relationship. So I don't think you're a good man. He's not the guy. I'm, no further questions, you. All right, uh, bachelor number two. Did you get anything? Hey, I'm just looking for a guy that won't sleep with my wife. <laughs> you know, my wife came up to me the other day and she said, "I like sleeping with other men." I said, "No respect." <laughs> and I, she just put it on Front Street like that. Yeah, I said, "Do you want a divorce?" She said, "I like your money." I was like, "Oh shoot!" That's what I said. I said, "Shoot." <laughs> No well, respect. Chef Alan Sternberg, you you have your pick of bachelor number one, bachelor number two, and bachelor number three. Who wins a date with you in the dating game? I think this might surprise some people. <laughs> I think it's going to be Columbo. Columbo! He's, <laughs> he's clearly looking for a fucking adventure. <laughs> Dangerfield's way too fucking honest. And fucking Rocky's just... Uh, He's going to fucking love you with a closed fist. Well, it looks like, guys, Columbo has solved the case of love. <laughs> hey, it looks like I won. <laughs> and everybody got out of here scotch-free. Yeah. But one more thing. Oh, no. You like the BMX, don't you? <laughs> My wife, she used to BMX. She's one of the best BMXs. 
And she said that you did it. <laughs> what? Yeah, Felix didn't exist when Columbo's <laughs> fucking wife was there. Case closed. <laughs> Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you, guys. Give it up for all three of our guests that we've seen here today. Man, if you want to see more of that, <laughs> get on our Patreon. <laughs> it was wonderful. Uh, can you drop a beat for me there, Sauce Boss? Chef Alan Sternberg, thank you so much for coming back and hanging out with us today. Where can people find you and follow you on social media? Um, Instagram is the best place. Alan underscore Sternberg. Um, I haven't been posting as much recently, but that's probably about to change. So you can you can see him do sick jumps on his Instagram. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a little peek into my life for sure. Uh, Sauce Boss Zach. You can find me at Zach underscore Roan on all social media. Daddy is Jay. Welcome back to the studio. Hey, thank you. That was fun yeah. to watch in the background. But, yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> it was so nice to see you and Rocky in the studio together <laughs> at the yeah. same time. You know that it doesn't usually happen, but I saw him like we got to talk before because he came here early this time. But anyways, you can find me at Thad McKee. That's at Thad McKee on Twitter, Instagram, and I'm just going to say Facebook, even though that's not true. Uh, I'm at Dyke Michaels on all social media. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Heart of Brunch. Uh, like we said, we have a fantastic episode with comedian Mo Mitchell coming out this week. And then we also have our crossover uh, swap cast yeah. with Nerd News. Busy. Very excited. Very excited Crazy. stuff. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.